0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Get all the latest football headlines and bite-sized opinion in the brand new Whistleblowers Daily Podcast. Look for The Whistleblowers wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Hello and welcome to the Chills. We're here. We're back again. Good gosh, we've had football, we've had Premier League football, we've had Chelsea out on a pitch, running around, being footballers, footballers we want to watch and enjoy. And finally, we got a chance and joining me to celebrate this momentous occasion to have real football, not international football, is Gary I Hate International Football Hayes. Except he doesn't. How are you, Gary? Uh, you know what? Well,
1: I didn't watch any international football, though, I've been going for a really hard time at the moment because um, the Deliveroo app was down. So the Ivy Tunbridge Wells couldn't deliver. So I've had to put up with Burger King and Wagamummers.
2: If it comes from Deliveroo, it's not very good, basically. So yeah. No, I want food. the
1: Ivy burger and I just can't get it delivered.
2: Yeah, but you know, that's also because you don't pay your bills, probably, and they've gone now nah, I am debtor. on the dole. There you go. See, <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Well, look, a man who is not on the dole and who is actually working incredibly hard that we've got to get through this program because he's got stuff to do. It's the magic Chelsea barber himself, is Louis Beneventi. How are you? Hello, thank you very much for having me again. It's good to be back.
0: However, I do have um, a thing I want to pick there with Gary, because I spent, as a, as a man from Tunbridge Wars originally, I spent a lot of time cultivating a fantastic list of places for him to go and get food, including burger joints. And he said, oh, no, I've got to go to the Ivy. He never thought, you know what? Let me just give Louis a text. He oh, no, 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 no.
1: I've, I've I've got the list, Louis. But all it was, I just thought, you know, I did go to those places. There's a Five Guys opening next Monday as well.
0: There's five guys in Tom Wells as well. Ne- next,
1: next, next to Pret. It's opening up next to Pret. Oh, they've they've nice. been renovating it. They've got an Urban Outfitters opening in the old Top Man.
0: Oh, look at them. Okay, <laughs> like it, the sound yeah. <laughs> of really?
1: they've, they've got a new Holland and Barrett. Holland and Barrett went from one side of the high street to the other. Can I just say, it's well, this is really
2: dull. Well, anyway, time. so
1: I, I tried the other places, <laughs> but I looked them. I thought, they don't look very royal. Where's the Ivy... The original ivy in Tunbridge Wells is.
2: But it's not the original ivy in Tunbridge. It's Wells. the original
1: ivy of Tunbridge it's a, Wells. No. It's a
2: knockoff. It's a total knockoff. Louis, is it or is it not a knockoff? It's not a knockoff. It's just <laughs> an extension of the chain. I saw yeah, I was in, chain. I was in
0: Wimbledon yesterday and there's an ivy there as well. Like, who wants to go to Wimbledon to go to an ivy? Yeah, <laughs> see. It's, when you can just
1: stay in Royal Tunbridge Wells and enjoy the Ivy, not, darling.
0: I mean, I'm not even in Royal Tunbridge Wells anymore, am I? I'm, you know, i mean, I'm, in, I'm oh. in Wembley, mate. I'm in. I'm I, in- I, I went there, um,
1: a few weeks ago and, um, we thought we'd be good. And we said, I oh, won't have any alcoholic drinks. Only a yeah. hundred pounds later. We were like, what?
0: These non-alcoholic cocktails rip off. Where? The Ivy. Well, there we you go. Can go down the road to Chapel Place, and it will be much cheaper. But you know,
2: I did tell you that.
0: Yeah.
1: I tell you, if what does good listen. burgers as well. The pub on the corner, opposite the train station.
2: Oh, can we shut up? Everyone is going home already. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, they're, they're, are,
1: they're, they're getting on their delivery app. Going, where's that pub on the corner that does good burgers
2: opposite the train station? Oh my god! Nobody lovely, cares. Lovely, people, darling. People spend lifetimes escaping. Look at Royal look at Louis. Thomas. He escapes from there. You know, and you've moved there, but then you've the come The pan tiles, darling. To be oh, yes,
1: darling. Where, where the original well in Tunbridge Wells was.
2: Yeah. Yeah, but you've come from Chelmsford. Everywhere seems posh to you. Um, <laughs> I'm from Chelmsford. I lived there for a little bit. So it says the guy who lives in
1: Peterborough. What a mug. I in don't the live Fens,
2: in Peterborough at all. No, you've lived there the so Fens. long.
1: You've got three years now, Kerry. Look, look Louis' his oh. fingers are connected.
2: Oh <laughs> no, just stop it. I'm nowhere near the fence. That is absolutely He's in hate. the Fens. That's Hayes territory. Him and the corpse of Herod the Wake. Yeah, right. Thank you. Drink your water. Hopefully, don't choke. Uh, Louis, how are you, my friend? I'm how not too bad. Not too bad. Um, been a busy few weeks for me, even
0: with international football. Although, I, I, you know, it has been weird. like well, so Now Chelsea's come back. I came to realise, even though it's been busy, it's been quite quiet at the same time. So I've been, like, doing lots of things. And then knowing it's been like, can we do something today? I've gone and looked at my calendar and gone, yeah, no, um, because we're quite busy now and there's this stuff happening. But international football's over and then a World Cup, which I'm excited for, but also not excited for at all, is also on the way. So,
2: you know, it's, it's, it's weird, it's- isn't it? Because actually, I like... World Cups, they're, they're a magical thing. But to have them when they are, it's just—I just know what's going to happen. We're just going to be moving somewhere as a football club and as a football team, and it's all going to stop. And then we've got to come back on Boxing Day to no, see. No, I what think it's—I re- think
1: it's actually really good. I think it's actually going to help us out because Potter's getting a pre-season again. Players are going to be trickling back throughout the tournament, but then he's going to have a core group of players as well, like Ruben and others, that he's going to really be able to work with. Connor Gallagher is not going to go to the World Cup. I think it's going to be really good for us.
0: I didn't
2: even think about it that way. Well, no. It's, oh, yeah, but a lot of our players who won't be there... Will I'm a thinking be coming man, back. Louis. <laughs> yeah, really. Um, you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll see how it affects us, because... I don't know, a long break.
1: I think it's going to be a good thing. We need well, look, this, this team needs, we'll get onto it, but this team needs time and that yeah, World Cup is going to give them time.
2: Yeah, I, I, I would certainly agree with that. I think there's so much change around the place. And, and look, you know, I mean, if we're talking about change around the place, what do we make of all these, you know, uh, people coming in and then having to go for bad, terrible, awful texting and and terrible sexist behavior I mean what the hell's going on I mean why is this you know I I would say I'm very happy that Chelsea reacted to it and got rid of this bloke but then other things come out that Tom Glick chose not to take much notice at the start this is always I guess the problem when you're setting up a new club you don't quite know necessarily the people you're getting in I mean Louis were you shocked when you heard all of that that news because I found it appalling this is going to sound really bad, but I haven't heard it what's happened oh my Damien Willoughby uh-huh. you explain on, on, you, you, you explain oh Damien Willoughby uh, has been I can't remember what her name was, was she, she
1: she was part of one of the consortiums trying to buy Chelsea
2: yeah for um the uh, estate agent um whatever his name is Nick oh, Nick Candy who Andy Andy's likes. mate. Yeah, exactly. Um, And, yeah, she was trying to do business, and this guy apparently kept sexting her and asking But it was at Man City that he
1: was doing it. Yes. Because she was trying to get in contact with, um, you know, the the top brass at City, and he was like, well, uh, what are you willing to offer me to do it? And she was like, nothing, just put me in touch with him, please. He was like, well, will you be good, girl? No, just put me in touch with him. And you see the messages, and she's basically like, can you stop being a twat and just... You know, do your job, and he was like, Oh, but when we're in London, we'll do this. And so basically he's and he's since moved moved to Chelsea, and obviously it's come out, and rightly so, he
2: has lost his job. But but the point is also that people higher up um had apparently heard about it, and she complained to them and they ignored it at first, and then of course it came out and then they managed to backtrack and do the right thing who knows why or how that happens but i really hope lessons are learned from this because it's just not the way to be um so yeah that that was the very strange and weird and horrid horrid news uh from this last week of chelsea i Uh, I haven't even seen that that's that's wow that's appalling um anyway um hopefully It will be fixed now, and we won't have any more of this. But um, there's been so much movement in and around that club, hasn't there, Gary? Um, Are you surprised at how much has changed in such a short space of time? Because I always think when people come in to take over a company, they get rid of a certain amount at the start. But inevitably, the majority end up going and get replaced with their own people. I mean, we saw, like, there was obvious signs of the doctor was obviously going to go when they sent off, um, what's his name, uh, Fafana, to America for his medical, didn't they?
1: Yeah, but that happens a lot, Kerry.
2: Well, to America?
1: T- to all over the place. The, right, OK. They, they do it a lot um, with all football clubs. That's sort of common practice. Um It's not doesn't what, happen. Not with every... trust
2: their own doctors. No,
1: it's not that. It's just that they go. They send them to a specialist on a certain thing. So they probably sent him there because of his knee or because of his leg or whatever it was that yeah, he had. That the broken for.
2: broken shin.
1: Yeah. So they, was, that's yeah. what I would have sent because it's sort of like saying you know when a player has done his ligaments and they send them to they send them all to Colorado. So that's certain uh, you know where Barkley went and others. Um They send them there because they're the specialist. So they that's what they sent him there for for a specialist. Yeah, but in the that problem field.
2: was they brought Barkley <laughs> back.
1: Uh, yeah, but, but, but Chelsea didn't do that. Everton did it because what happened with Ross Barkley is that um, he had a um, severed hamstring.
2: Yeah, it was actually off the bone.
1: Yeah, so he had to have a hamstring transplant, yeah. and a lot of these players go over to Colorado for it because they deal with obviously the Rocky Mountains. And if you've seen Dumb and Dumber, you'll know Aspen is in Colorado. And um, I actually knew big, that, but not big ski resort. All oh, right. well, I needed the uh, Farrelly brothers to, you know, educate me. Um, but they go there because that's where the ski surgeons are. And they, the ski injuries are those knee injuries and those leg injuries. So they go there because they deal with a specialist. So that's common anyway. But, um, yeah, to go back to what you were initially saying, um, yeah, it's just been a big turnout. You know, just they're turfing everyone out. The, yeah. the club, as we know it, or as we knew it, Is no longer that club anymore. It doesn't matter to us because these are people that work behind the scenes. We don't, no one knows who they are until they hear their name, that they've sexted someone or been moved on or whatever. It doesn't change Chelsea to us, does it? But it just shows that the the changes that have gone on at Chelsea right now is that by next summer, it's going to be a completely different club to the one that, you know, Todd Bowley and Clearlake have purchased. And it's going to be, yeah, it's just a totally and utterly different club. It, It looks like there's going to be more of a structure that there wasn't under the Abramovich regime, which I think is about time Chelsea got that because I think you just look at what Man City have done and others, and we've been left behind in that sense. So they're,
2: they're building something, aren't they? They're, yeah. They're, and, they're doing something.
1: They've done they, their due and diligence they, and now they're, yeah. they're clearing everyone out. They don't want.
2: And they've realized that actually Chelsea needs to evolve, to start challenging again. I mean, as we saw from City this weekend against United, they're a different gravy, you know, with with Haaland, um, who, let's not forget, you know, may have been another Murata according to Andy.
1: That yeah, was- Andy was... What, what did he say when I messaged that like yesterday? He went, yeah, he's still overrated. No, he didn't say that, did oh, he? No, no come no. on, let's just stick the knife in.
2: No, 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 no. We've got to be. We've got to be playing the right game. Not be politicians who just make it all up. Um, it, yeah, Louis. I mean, are you happy with the fact that we've got all this change? Because in a way, it's starting to feel like this is something new, which is perhaps what we need after the last five years. I'm on the
0: fence. So what I don't like is the fact that before Todd Bowley's got something completely right and he has his blueprint, he's already looking at expanding said blueprint into another club. So he's already talking to these, going into these other countries, Portugal, Belgium, looking at other potential clubs. And that, that gets to me a little bit, especially considering how, if I'm going to be frank and honest, and I know people will disagree with me, but you know, I don't give a shit It's what it is. Um, I don't think he handled the transfer window well at all. I don't think he learned from that. um It's been quite backward in some of the way that we've tried to organize stuff and I don't mind this whole open, transparent nature that he's got. I think it's quite a good thing as well. I think it's it's you know, it's good to have someone who's got a bit of a voice and wants to put forward opinions and and try things differently. For example, talk about that, you know, all-star game and what it could bring and, you know, how he wants it to go directly into the pyramid to help aid football, which means he has done a fair amount of research into it. You would like to think so anyway. But I think he needs to get certain things right before he starts completely changing everything. If I was in his position personally, I'd look at the structure we have – as a solid foundation and then build in the areas that we needed to first, for example, technical director and how to bring that into, you know, implementing the youth setup and certain areas that needed revamping. For example, there was obviously all the stuff in the news over the summer about, you know, our our marketing department and all that sort of stuff that needed to change and different bits and bobs. But instead he's gone and almost ripped up the playbook completely of what was, I'd say, a stable and very successful club and he hasn't fixed certain places which he needed to do first
2: yeah but and well hold on really i mean was it that stable an environment it was it was surely a, a a regime that was controlled by somebody at the top and underneath it everything worked to his tune really and I'm not. I'm not. Consure, I'm not so sure it was that stable. I think maybe there was an element of fear about the place. I also think that we had started to to rot with our plans of how to evolve the side. We saw some very decent players be moved on. That actually, in hindsight, maybe in a few months' time could have done a very good job for us. There were players, I think, that were doing a very good job for us, potentially, that got moved on. It just feels, now when you look back at it with hindsight, it feels as though we'd reached a point and that actually we won the Champions League in spite of everything else that was going on. We hadn't competed in the Premier League for five, six years. I get that. I get that and I agree. But the
0: the basis and the foundation was there because as you mentioned it's played to someone's tune at the top but you could i think the best example is our manager you could pull a manager out and replace it very easily and keep on going as and not, i don't think there are very many i think that's a bit i think that's a bit of a myth that I mean, it works when
1: it was chelsea 1.0 under Abramovich, because you had that nucleus there, right? You had Czech, you had Ashley Cole, yeah. John Terry, and then Lampard and Essien in the middle, and then Jogber up front. <clears throat> and then it, we just you know sprinkled it with fairy dust around it, right? I think that it's been harder for us to do that in you know 19 years later in terms of chopping and changing and keep going, because other teams have grown and got wiser to it and got structure that we haven't. Because I think if you look but uh, what I, I agree what you mean about the other clubs and stuff, because I think Bowley's strikes me as a guy who's wanted to get into football for a long time. He's got his opportunity. Now he's a man in a hurry. So he's doing all looking at all these other clubs as well. It's like get Chelsea, right? Then go to those clubs. Um, but if you look at what we've got rid of this summer, Werner, Miazga, Emerson, Kennedy, Alonzo, Barkley, you know, you could list off all of these players. Yeah, I think Alonso is a success, but you can list off the high turnover and there's still other players left in that squad that we're trying to get rid of, like Yoko, obviously Drinkwater's gone now. You look at that and that's, you're looking at 300, 350, 400 million pounds worth of transfers of what we've let go out the door because of the mistakes that were made in the past, where there wasn't any cohesion. And I think oh, now, God. hopefully what's going to happen is that there will be, I know this summer was crazy, but then when we had um, Dan Childs on and we, you know, when we've all spoken about it, they don't want to be spending 250, 300 million again next summer. Right. Which, So I think that in the long term, it's probably a good thing for the youth team because from what I'm guessing, the people like Neil Barth are the ones pushing this football strategy with Bowley at the moment because there is no technical director and that's where he's getting his guidance. So you look mm-hmm. at and you think that bringing in Potter as well He's, work, he's a coach who is known to work with up-and-coming talent, moulding them and making them into better players. And look what Brighton have done, the way they've got those players, bought them in, sold them on for big money. Chelsea won't be sending them on, but they're going to make them assets at Chelsea. So I think that is the strategy. But I agree with what you said initially. He feels like, Bodie feels like a man in a hurry and he wants Chelsea to catch up with everyone so quick. And it's like, let's catch up with them in England then worry about the rest of it after that.
2: But this, this but, Louis, quick. Louis, would, would you not say that actually in a certain way, he had no option other than to ha- act in a hurry during the summer because we were so far behind anyone else's transfer campaigns mm. because of the nature of the takeover that he actually, for us to have a chance of getting some players, he ended up having to go and do some deals Look, we'll see how they all work out through the season. Koulibaly looks as though he's uh, not believed in yet or they need to work with him. Zakaria or Zakaria looks as though there's no sight of him. Um, So maybe there's a few errors along the way, but also there just wasn't time to to do these things, you know, because I I think we know that often your summer is planned about much earlier in the year. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, look, look, he, he, well,
0: yeah, me, me, well, me, you and Gary actually had this conversation didn't we, a few, few weeks ago where now we were all saying we're about four or five weeks behind everybody else. So he he wanted to play catch up. So, for example, we stay in and around that Champions League spots. So we, we, you know, we have a basis to go from. Um, however, like we've mentioned some of the deals then, some of the deals that have fallen through and, this is this is where I've now started to go. Like I think it's fantastic with the outgoings, the incomings. I think you know we've we've done all right, but the potential incomings and how we dealt with them highly questionable.
1: Yeah, there, there has been a lot of the proverbial whole- at the wall and hoping something sticks. Because then when you hear about strikers having medicals but no deal agreed, and and then you know some of them you know getting linked with De Jong, the fact that link lasted for so long shows that there was an element of desire from Chelsea for that to happen as well, that you look and you think there were some round pegs, sorry, square pegs and round hole type of moves, right? Well, absolutely. Because Chelsea was going out trying to get anyone they could get.
0: Yeah. It was, it was, the, it was the... Scattergun I, approach. The, the verbal agreements, they were the thing which really got to me. Because you'd see, obviously, we were all on Twitter, so you see everyone getting excited. Even if I put it on man, i getting excited being like... Chelsea got this deal over the line for Othinia. Chelsea got the deal over the line for Kunde. Chelsea are going to get this
2: technical director, and every hey, single it time could be that he doesn't know what he's talking about. Then as well, couldn't it? Well, this 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 is. I mean, look the whole the whole thing in
0: in terms of the the, the whole verbal agreements, and this is going to happen. This is going to be great. It's 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 very very worrying. It really gets to me because I'm. Don't I'm, read I'm, it. It's get get the deal done. And he's
1: done it yeah. three times now. You know and- what we call that on this show, Louis? Sorry? You know what we call that on this show?
2: On.
1: Supposition.
2: Yeah, we don't <laughs> deal in supposition. It's facts <sighs> only. But the, the one that I'm finding intriguing is this whole Nkunku thing at the moment. Now, that's what the, I'm saying.
1: Like It's just a weird thing, isn't it? Like, talk, yeah. Yeah, but we'll give you a medical now, but we'll sign you next summer.
2: No, but supposedly, I mean, Matt Law was saying that there's a pre-contract agreement in place now. So why 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 give someone a medical now when they could someone could go wrong? I think they're okay. My thoughts on Nkunku, he scored a lot of goals last year. He's already scored eight in thirteen this season. Decent player. I reckon their thinking is goes to the World Cup, gets games for France, scores there. He's suddenly going to be a £90 million footballer. So I think they're trying to get this deal sorted out beforehand. That's what it feels like to well, me. £60 million
0: release clause regardless next summer. So I yeah, think it may, but, maybe it's a case of getting the deal over the line now so it yeah, avoids the competition. Yeah,
2: exactly. But, and we've offered more than that, apparently. A few, few million more than that. Because also the thing is, yeah, but the the pro- because there's other people trying to get him, so they will try and gazump. It, it's the age-old business gazump. Um, I think it's intriguing because, of course, if he has a good uh, World Cup, they could say to him, "Hey, look, let us give you a new contract. We'll let you go." but this way we can bump up the money we get for you. It can all become game playing at the moment. There's nothing. Anyone's going to do and not going to do anything. The club's not going to do anything. They can't change it. So now is the only time if Chelsea think that they could lose out to another club down the line, this is the only moment I guess they can do the deal. It's intriguing though.
0: Mm.
2: It's intriguing, but a still a bit chaotic and why is this news being allowed out there that's that's what i think i mean gary does that amaze you that we've had sort of much more open communication and what feels like rumors slipping out from possibly sources close to these deals that may or may not be even chelsea
1: doesn't surprise me
2: but do you think there's a a deliberate way they're doing this so that they can try and make people feel as though they're really into this and they're trying to do everything i don't mind if it works brilliant but it does feel like that a little bit to me
1: i just think that you've got people that have come in that um are experienced in sports they're experienced in their niche and now they're trying to apply that to a sport that is just chaotic in its own way and completely different because what you've got to understand with Boley and you know, um, the people that have come over and work are working with him because that structure hasn't necessarily been there at Chelsea. You've got people that are very experienced in what they do, but and they've got transferable skills, but they're used to trades. They're used to drafts. They're used to navigating transfers and that around that rather than coming in with money and, do you know I mean that they're used to incentives in con and look at the way Chelsea are building contracts. Now it's almost like that NFL MLB NHL style where they come in and it's that you have a guaranteed salary, but then you have all the stuff on top of it and that's how they're building it in with all these players. They're bringing in, which I think is a better financial model because what they're doing is they're bringing it in about, look, you're going to earn well, but then when you are earning, you know, when, when you're doing the business, you're going to earn, incredible money so you look at it like with the kansas city chiefs patrick mahomes he's got a contract worth 600 million dollars but he's only actually guaranteed about 150 million of that and it's all based on poor you know, love yeah it's, it's, it's all based on his success right and that's what they're bringing in here so I, I just think you see it's interesting watching from afar seeing how they're doing it because they're learning um i don't think anyone can be so ignorant as to suggest they don't know what they're doing but they are coming into something that is very culturally different to them. So I think you're just seeing that and they're sort of learning as they go.
2: Yeah, no, no I, th- I think you're right. But look, I, I think there are interesting times ahead. They're going to be ups and downs. I think you're right that this team needs time. What we should do is we're going to take a break now. And when we come back, we'll talk and look back on the Crystal Palace game. Right. We'll be back after this break. And we're back. Right, okay. So, finally, internationals over. And it was on to Crystal Palace away. And the first game to see if it was affected by the train strike. Oh, and we've got one for Milan. And we've got one for Wolves. Oh, it's a complete nightmare. What are you going to do, Gary? Are you going to be there for for Milan on Wednesday or Wolves? You're going to try and come to Wolves, aren't you?
1: I am, yeah. I just um, It's just a nightmare. Yeah. it's just terrible, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, and what's happened this season is with with our tickets is um you know this is just my problems and me moaning, but I've only ever, I've only been twice. I went to Spurs first home game. I was on holiday for the Leicester game. West Ham game got moved and I had a previously previously you know arranged function I can get out of on the Saturday so I missed that. Then obviously um Her Royal Highness God bless her soul passed away, so we missed the Liverpool game. Um and now, train strikes mean I'm going to miss Milan and, um, Milan and Wolves. So I'm frustrated. Oh, he's
2: so frustrated. Louis. Well, there, there's been... a
1: chance I might not miss Wolves because I might be able to arrange for alternative travel, but I can't on Wednesday.
2: Donkey. I'd love to see you turn up at Chelsea. I know. It,
1: it, it is a donkey, and I'm leaving um, on Wednesday morning to get there for Saturday.
2: Oh, please. <laughs> do it um, do it it for charity it'd be great um,
1: yeah um the donkey is um andy saunders and he's giving me a piggyback from royal tunbridge wells to stanford bridge i'm gonna tell him you said that (laughs)
2: um i maybe we should do this maybe we should unite chelsea fans who've got a problem and we'll all turn up on donkeys (laughs) it'd be great tony cascarino yeah we'll speak to the club and get a trough outside so we can all park our donkeys. You could just get all the donkeys that have ever played for Chelsea like um
1: Jukanovich and others you know get them to be the 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 mode of transport.
2: Don't don't go old fashioned and be rude about people and call them donkeys. It's not very nice. Poor you Tony get, you could get Lukaku. Yeah, okay. Who would be your what be the name of your donkey, Louis? <laughs> uh probably be Khalid Bularus.
0: Um Potentially, or I
2: just call him Dave. I'm decided. Uh, oh, that's a bit unfair, isn't it? Dave? no, 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 sorry, not David and a Bill. I just mean, I just call it Dave. Well, it doesn't matter now. You've upset everyone, everyone's turned off because they think you're, you're, a, you're a mug, Louis. Get off. Uh, get off. What about Kevin or, or uh, Keith? no, I, Winston mm. Bogard? Winston, <laughs> Winston <laughs> Bogard. <Yeah>. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Absolutely. It'd be an expensive donkey that wouldn't move me. That's Minero. Yeah, Min- Minero. Yeah. Oh, there's some classics we could have. I love it. I like Ricardo Croesma. Yeah, it's a shame Alexandra we... Pato. Okay, we these are ones we've <laughs> talking about this week. It's quite funny actually. <laughs> to let them have they're getting more of a run out on this program than they ever did at Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> but the... But, uh, you know, I mean, it's a shame we're not playing a London club because then we'd bring our donkeys and it'd be a donkey derby, wouldn't it? But there you go. Um, yeah, I'm going to call it a donkey derby. In fact, that's what the program's going to be called. There we go. So here we go. Palace away. Nasty. I don't know why. I've always had this idea that Palace turn us over more than they actually do. But we haven't lost for something like 12 games or something. because you're
1: married it. to a Palace fan who clearly... Domestically abuses you in Palace play.
2: <laughs> well, you know that's the Beagles for you, as I like to call them. Um, but yeah, I it, this was I was looking forward to seeing how this panned out. The side that Potter would pick, who would get in, what was your most notable thing for me? It was the fact he you could tell for the first time when you saw a team sheet, you just went, "That's four at the back under Tuchel." Sometimes you couldn't quite know towards the end. What was coming, what was going to happen. But Louie, what what struck you about that side when you saw it?
0: It, it was the four at the back for me. And I because I, I wasn't sure if it was four, three, three, but it's obviously turned out like it was a four triple two. But when I saw four, and then I saw three midfielders and three attackers, I was like,
2: ooh,
0: okay. I'm 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 intrigued by this because the one thing I was really hoping wouldn't happen at Chelsea was obviously you know, Grandpa's a fantastic coach. But the thing where he plays like a 3-4-3, three, three, but Leandro Trossard was basically a forward, and but it was still almost like a wing back sometimes. I was like, Okay, I really hope that didn't happen with Sterling. That because we kind of saw that in the Red Bull Salzburg game, where he was that forward winger, but again, basically a wing back. And it, it confused me. But I think for me, that's that's what stuck out definitely. Um the midfield I was a bit I was interested by as well. Um but I think you know the, the the fact that it was four, and it, it was it was the first time in a long time I looked at Chelsea with a four at the back and kind of went, that's not a weak back four. Like it's it's actually something which you you can see in a in a respectable game rather than you know worrying about whether or not these players were going to be able to cope in that in a four at the back system if maybe they needed somebody else. Um, that that was what stuck out for me the most.
2: Yeah, and, and Gary. Wh- We've talked about this in the past. The one thing we've always been worried about is Thiago Silva playing in a back four that he might be shown up. And what we noticed through the game was that Reese and Chilwell were pushing up a bit. And often you just had two at the back and Jorginho to help out a little bit, which he didn't necessarily do defensively particularly well. And luckily that changed when Ruben came on. But do you think Thiago showed why it could be a problem to have him in a back four, Gary. Yeah, we've known
1: that all along, not because he's a bad player, just because age, he's on the wrong side of age now, isn't he? He's fighting father time. Uh, I think against a more dynamic uh, and more intelligent forward line, we lose that game. Um, There's nothing more to say about it, really. I I think, but maybe Potter's still feeling it out. He's, He's... be fortunate in that he hasn't had to play loads and loads and loads of games really quick as you would expect when you get a job in september right um so he's still easing his way into it and you can see he's trying new ideas which i like because he's not come in with this preconceived idea of this is how i play this is what i'm going to do um so he's trying to work it out so you're going to see it develop in real time right um but obviously as it's developing in real time we need to be picking up points um so I don't think against Arsenal, against City, against Liverpool, against Spurs, you're going to see a, a back four like that. I don't, I don't think so. And if you do, Silver won't be in it. Um,
2: yeah, and I think I think it, you're right. And and also the, the question of the red card. For me, what happened was... It wasn't a red. <clears throat> no, I think it just about wasn't. But if it had been given, you'd go, mm, that's not great for us. And you'd have shrugged. But it struck me as the classic moment where a top player decides he's been fouled, and he's trying to grab the ball, isn't he? Yeah. he's trying. He, to... he
1: wasn't tackling him with his hands. He basically went down and was incandescent that Ayu um, had dared touch him. Yeah. So he was grabbing the ball to say, it's a free kick for me. But it went the other way, and he didn't expect to be getting a free kick the other way, you know?
2: Yeah, and um, what do you think, Louis? Did you think the same? I, I thought it was a red card. So okay. Red. <laughs> no, that's
1: <laughs> I think if it's on the edge of the box, it's a red card. But if it's on the edge of the box, Thiago's not doing that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and if anything, we always talk about players being street smart and players being naive. And you've got to try these things. If you get away with them, you get away with them. If you don't, you don't. Fair play to them. you got away with it. I don't care. I'm not a Palace fan.
0: Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, I, I, it's it's again, like we're saying, it's one of those, if you see it, you give them okay, fair enough. But yeah. if you're a Palace, like if that was us, shield on the other boot, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, and you and to be
1: fair, though, look, it's it's what happened against Spurs when um, Matey Boy yanked Cucurella's hair. He knows this VAR, but he's just going to go and have a go at it, see if I could do it and get get an advantage.
0: And
1: he got, and he got, he got the advantage, didn't he? So, you know, Thiago Silva, I don't think it was deliberate in the sense that he was trying to stop Are going on goal? It was deliberate in the sense that, like Kerry said, I just been fouled. I want a free kick, and they do, and these players do it because they know they've got the personality and the reputation that they do it and intimidates the referee and the referee's like i'm not gonna book you for doing that so i'll just give you the free kick to make my life easier yeah but obviously it but, didn't happen this time
2: no it didn't and, and louis what did you what did you make of what this four at the back really meant was that it allowed us more room to attack it allowed our forwards to go forward more. Uh, that seemed to be the idea behind it. Mm-hmm. And in some ways, especially more in the second half, that seemed to work once we got the midfield a little bit more balanced. I, I personally felt Kovacic was not, is still not 100%. I thought Gigi, Jorginho didn't have a great game. Um, I do think that when Ruben came on, that changed things a bit in the midfield. Not that he was particularly doing anything spectacular, but I do think he was moving the game on. And that's what we need with that forward line that we're putting together, isn't it, Louis?
0: Absolutely. I think towards the back end of the we we all agree that the football became quite negative. So for me, if the football's more exciting, and again, that's what Brighton were renowned for, very good progressive football. If Graham Potter's figuring it out to get us playing that way, being progressive, playing great football and winning games... I'm all for it. And I think, you know, like, you know the likes of Ruben, you know, you, you see that positivity when he plays. And I mean, Gary, me and you, when we were at the pub we were talking about it in the past, sort of like that, you know, the 18-19 Ruben made a little bit of a comeback at, at the beginning of the season. You know, this who this collect the ball, drive up the pitch, be aggressive. Um, and look, I'm, if we're getting players who are doing that, not to mention Connor Gallagher as well, scoring a fantastic goal from the outside of the box, which was, I think... One of the big things for me, I thought that was the most spectacular is the fact it was outside the box, not the fact that it was an amazing goal. It's just Chelsea had a shot from outside the box. I
1: know, they all do it on international duty and they come to Chelsea and they'll try to pass it in the net.
0: Exactly. And then that, but then he kind of like picked it up, had a shot from distance. Fantastic. So look, for me, football's progressive, football's exciting, winning games, thumbs up from me. Just
2: eventually get some clean sheets, but yeah. you know, just of- one all step
1: at a time. Todd Bowley, come on, you can't have it all,
2: mate. Gary, do you think that goal for Connor Gallagher, one goal, can actually change his fortunes at Chelsea? Because he's had he's had a really tough initiation into the Chelsea side. It's ended up in a chaotic situation. He gets a red card. He's not got that much time on the pitch. Do you think that goal could change his fortunes?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, that cliche of goals change matches, goals can change careers. We've got to look at Chelsea to see that. You look at Drogba, the turning point in Drogba's career at Chelsea was the, in my eyes, the 2007 FA Cup final at Wembley, first game at the new Wembley, boring as hell. And then lamps with that lovely, delicate flick and Drogba scores to make it one nil. And then his fortunes at Chelsea turned, because if you remember before then, that was the end of his third season. And he was sort of a love-hate figure among Chelsea fans. He was fumbling yes. them into the net and rather than celebrating like he did against Arsenal, he was arguing with fans in the Harding stand and he had scored goals in other finals, but then that was sort of the one that cemented it and the penny dropped with him almost.
2: Yeah. I and agree.
1: then he, he grew and became Drogba, you know, the Drogba that we knew, and the player that we thought we had, right? And obviously, this isn't a cup final and everything else and Gallagher's starting out, but I think that he has shown these flashes of... Like when he came on against Spurs, he looked, he had that high energy and I was like, okay, it's the first time I've seen him in the flesh and he he looks like he's got it. And then he had a bad game against Leeds. He got sent off um, against Leicester. Things have started going wrong for him. And now he's got a new manager and he, I don't know whether it was going on international duty with the 21s and he's taken a step back. He's not in the senior team so he's one of the boys again and he plays well and then he comes back in he's feeling a bit confident. The manager's you know, putting his arm around him a bit. And then, because he just seemed to be a bit more loose. Whereas I think yeah. under Tuchel, and I, this isn't a criticism of Tuchel, I think because Gallagher knew he sort of was, I've got to prove myself to him. So I've got to do something. And a lot of the time, um, players, when they're doing that, they go safe. Like they were saying about um, greylish on um, on Match of the Day. They were saying about, you know, he started the season really well because he's, he's making positive runs. And he's being more positive. Whereas last season, he did the safe thing. And I think you look at Gallagher, he was doing the safe stuff under Tuchel and then suddenly the ball pops out to him and he plays on instinct and he's a bit looser and he just hits it. You know, and that's an instinctive goal.
2: Do you not think you could say the same about Pulisic when he came on? We had what I would call a cameo. A cameo says that somebody does something in the short time they're on a pitch. And I'd say that Pulisic, for the first time in ages, actually did that. And is this perhaps Potter's potential thing that we're seeing that he can make the players relax rather than going oh my god I've got to get this right or I'm going to get yeah, he's not as an manager.
1: intense a character he's not as yeah. intense a character as Tuchel right and what and what you see with play with managers like Tuchel and this doesn't make Potter any better or worse than him it just means that you see it that he's, he's a Ferguson Mourinho type not as extreme but he's one of those Ugh! intense guys right and certain players flourish under that and certain players go in, in their shell. And I think that where football is now that that idea of, you know, the Jose, how he used to be, you, I don't think you can be like that with these players. They're a lot more fragile and they, they need to have their ego massage and told that they're lovely and pretty and beautiful. And their hair looks nice. Whereas Tuchel was a guy of like, look, get out there. This is the job you got to do. You got to run here. Like Conte as well. You know, Conte, is doing well at Spurs at the moment, but his methods only work for a certain amount of time. And the voice, people stop hearing the voice, right? Whereas I think with Potter, he's more a case of, come on Pulisic. You know, the same thing I say about Pulisic is, all we have got to do is just get him on side, because are you when saying, he's happy... Are
2: you saying Graham Potter says exactly what you say? What I'm saying is that incredible. Potter is
1: a manager that will probably... What I say about Pulisic is that he's someone who, when the going's good, he's a very good player. But when he's up against it. He's stroppy and stroppy yeah. players aren't the ones you want in a battle. Like right. Chelsea have been with Tuchel. You want players that you want John Terry, Frank Lampard, Drogba that are sort of like, come on, let's have it. Whereas Pulisic isn't that sort of player. And with those players, you need to create an environment around them that they don't have to exist in that. They come to work every day and they're enjoying it. And maybe Pulisic, you know, Pulisic sees it as a fresh start, like a lot of them, but you know, th- don't get me wrong, Potter's come in and they've said to him, we've got these assets that the club paid for XXX, whatever it was before us and we paid X amount for these guys as well. You've got to get these guys working because yeah, we no. don't want to be doing this next summer. And Pulisic is young enough that he's got a career at Chelsea. Yeah,
2: yeah. absolutely. And he's back on, on a certain... I'm not, d- no, 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 shaking his head. I don't mean he's got a career as in that he's going to be
1: amazing enough, but what I mean is that time is on his side. That if he turns it round, that he has
0: got Enough well, let's see what the, Louis. You know, yeah, let, let's hear
2: what I, Louis's got to say on I, that. I'm I'm
0: done with Christian Pulisic personally. I I don't like his attitude. This whole massaging egos and all of that sort of stuff. There's certain players, yeah, you know, and every in modern football, you do have to massage egos. But sometimes if you over-massage egos, which I think's the case with Christian Pulisic,
2: a lot. Uh, okay, uh, at what point do you become a hypocrite and go? I really like him. Is it when he scores ten goals in the season? Fifteen goals in a season. If he, if he consistently performs, great. But he, he
0: uh, like a cameo in. Let's be honest. What has been? A, he's, he's not performed regularly. Well over
2: a year. Lockdown. Yeah. So, but a cameo is pretty good considering nothing's happened for a year. A screen right. shoots, isn't cameo's it? Great. A cameo is yeah. great.
0: But yeah. he need. Like, we we signed Christian Pulisic. As let's be honest, right? He was a wonder kid. We signed for 50 million pounds, not to directly replace Eden Hazard, but to grow and become that sort of player, that talismanic figure. Yes, we did. And he's not done that. No, you know, absolutely. he's, he's, and, and this, this ego that he's got about him, you know, that, you know, this whole thing where he's writing his book and, you know, talking about four managers and all this sort of stuff. I'm like, to be honest, Christian, I understand you've won a Champions League, we're very important in that run, but you're still a very young player who, to be frank, has been remarkably average for the vast majority of his Chelsea career.
1: Yeah, I think his first 18 months at Chelsea, he was, well, his first 12 months, because he ended up having that hamstring injury, he was looking really good. And he's ne- not been the same since then. And, I, Louis, just because I'm saying that they have to massage egos, it doesn't mean that it's right. It annoys no, me. Absolutely. No, no, I, I know. No, and no, I just no, think, no, look, no, guys, no. You, you are playing for Chelsea Football Club. Okay, the club is bigger than you. You shouldn't have to be told how great you are in order to do that, right? And Pulisic, I just look at him. And when I see his body language, all I hear is, hey, man, no, I'm from Percy, Pennsylvania, man. I should have to pull up with, man. That's what I hear when I see him. But then when he's playing well, I hear, like, Hoorah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? And that's what you want to see from him more of that. Yeah, like it's you
0: know, like when, he, when he's going to against City in lockdown. It's like, let's fucking go, like, he's Like, you saw that. And, and he did it.
1: The, he did it the first game against Villa in lockdown as well. When Asp crossed it, this, this and he, cool.
0: he knocked it in. And it, it, herein lies the issue. We've mentioned two games. Yeah, twenty. I know. We're in twenty twenty two now. Like, yeah, I know. He needs yeah. to perform.
2: If he, no, does, sure. he I I'd agree with that.
1: He, I'd, the, the, the point. Game. The point is, I'm saying though, is that we're not having those problems with a twenty eight year old. We've had those problems with a twenty two year old, and. And now hopefully you this is what I mean about it. he's got time on his side that yeah, it was a cameo, but you've got to look at stuff. And if you're gonna criticize a player for coming off the bench and doing nothing, when they come on the bench and the police go by, um, you've got to give him praise when they do something as well. So I don't think we get carried away with it, but
2: it just shows that he's was got the a capabilities. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So look, we should move on from this because also, you know, mentioning Connor Gallagher, it was just typical that he would go and score against Palace, but Hey, I like it. I hate it when players come back and score against us, but God, I love it uh, when players go and Mark score Mark could have celebrated, holidays. couldn't he? No, exactly. I thought, I, well, you know, I, I I don't blame him for not celebrating. Anyway, hopefully that is the first of many. And we're moving on, and and the other thing we should talk about is Obama Yang. He is getting rid of the curse of the number nine, isn't he, Louis? I mean, oh, that was it was so ironic. Thiago ends up not getting sent off sends that header right across to Abamyang, and there you had the most instinctive striker's strike that you could ever hope to see and a great start to his, his Chelsea career. I think so. Absolutely. I, I really hope he does. I think the beauty of what we've got with
0: Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang is you've got a player who's got the experience, but still has that mobility, you know, despite being in his thirties, you know, he's still got that pace. He's still got that power. I mean, the, the turn and finish is obviously going to get completely sh- overshadowed by Conor Gallagher's goal. But the way he brought, brought that down, puts it into the bottom corner, you're kind of sat there. And uh, for me, I thought it was a better goal. I, I liked it more because you saw this, this wonderful technique, um, which I think, <laughs> as we already said, cursed number nine. We haven't seen a player in a number nine shirt actually do that consistently for a while. So, look, again, I'm not going to be a hypocrite and say, you know, Came from Pulisic, let's see him do it more. Same goes for Aubameyang, you know. I want to see him be that person who we can
2: regularly rely on. And, you know, he's he's done it for so many clubs now. Um, Well, he's actually, and he's also said, I was reading today, he was saying that he's got things to prove and he wants to show everybody how good he can be and how good he is. That's all you want to hear. Score a goal come out with i'm really good well look that's the palace game left we, we we would quickly before we run out um of the program we'll have a quick look forward to milan and our predictions for that and we'll be back at the end of the week with the second show where we're looking forward to the wolves game so yes ac milan louis quick thoughts and your prediction this uh, is a proper proper champions league game isn't it it is. It is that's, it's got me so excited.
0: That, that, that AC Milan is is one of the teams I've always wanted to see live um, because it's, I've never done it. And I'm going to be watching it. Very excited. I think it's a fantastic side. I think we're Are gonna, you going? I am indeed. And I'm going to the away games. It's actually going to be my first away game I'm going to with my dad for, since we played Manchester United in the FA Cup under Benitez. So me and him are going to be flying into Bologna get getting a car, going to see the family, then driving up to Milan. It'll be great.
2: Fantastic! Uh, oh, I think I might come along for that one. It's, 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 it's going to be a proper
0: Jack Whitehall travels with my father concept. We think uh, my mum's adamant it's going to end up like that. Um, so, yeah, I think that you know I'm excited. I'm going to think. I think we'll win. We'll just edge it, but the quality that's going to be on display, and for seeing for Kaya Tamori again, it's going to be a very, very, very interesting little battle. I'm excited.
1: Well, we, we need a win. There's no two ways about it. We need to win on Wednesday, otherwise we
2: are up in the the proverbial. Yeah. Otherwise, we're going into. Can we even get into the Conference League? (laughs) At least we've never won that. Yeah, there is there
1: is a bit of um. Yeah, there's a bit of a throwback about this tie as well because if you remember when we first got into the Champions League in 1999 2000, we played Milan. Yes, nil nil at Stamford Bridge and then one one at the San Siro. Dennis Wise, but also as well, Chelsea's history with Milan goes back to our early forays into Europe. Do you know that? I did not know that. And do in you know the, the story?
2: Do you know the Inter-city story around this? Fair's Cup, isn't it?
1: That is correct. We've got yeah. into the Fair's Cup in 65-66 uh, after we had won the um, League Cup, and we um, we got end up getting to the semi finals where we lost to Barcelona, but we played um Roma in the first round beat them won 4-1 at Stanford Bridge and Terry Venables got a hat trick and we drew nil-nil in Rome but then subsequently we played Milan and um we drew in Milan so we lost 2-1 in Milan then we beat them 2-1 at Stanford Bridge so it went to a deciding game in Milan and we drew nil-nil so do you know how they decided the game a toss of a coin toss of a coin
2: there you go. I know the story. It's
1: and a- if you want to know more about this, pick up a program at the game on Wednesday where you'll be able to read John Boyle's account of it.
2: Uh, and who won the toss, Gary? Do tell everyone.
1: Well, you know, I said, heads, please, uh, senor. And he went, there you go, Rod. You just won the game.
2: Well done, Ron. <laughs> Excellent. There we go. Well, that's it. Look, uh, quick prediction for you, Gary. What's the score going to be? 2-1 Two, 2-1 one. Two, one to Chelsea Louis, your score please I'm going to go the same 2-1 oh, No, you can't do that But I'll let you I You're not allowed, go. Louis Yeah, you're not allowed uh, uh, I, Jerry, I, I are you I'm,
0: just jealous again? Because I've developed a Bromance with Gary Like I've read this one With Andy and you've
2: not Yeah, got there's something going on I I can tell really It's me, you love um, <laughs> But you're just too shy Um I'm going to go for 3-1 Chelsea. Oh, my God. I can't remember last time we scored three goals. Right. Well, look, that is it. The three of us will be back at the end of the week where we will look forward to the Wolves game. Looking forward to this week. This has been great. Lovely to see you, Louis. Lovely to see you, Gary. We'll speak at the end of the week. Come on, you blues. If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at PlaybackMedia.co. .uk Sports Social Podcast Network